And that's what I was waiting for. Very good. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. All right, I want to get to the Halloween story just momentarily. Uh, Danielle apparently is eating uh, needles. We'll get to that uh, coming up here in just a second. Um, but this this situation involving pharmacists walking out is one I, I imagine is going to be uh, pretty impactful to a lot of communities and, and may very well impact you if you get your, your your medication from some of these locations. I don't think we've had any in Michigan yet walkouts, but it's not to say that it it wouldn't happen yet. And the idea here is that employees at places like CVS, like Walgreens, say that their working conditions aren't good. It's making them, it, it, it's hard for them to fill prescriptions safely. And it's putting the health of customers at risk and they're trying to do something about it. The problem is, is they're not unionized. So when they walk out, it is incredibly difficult to deal with. Dr. Susan Davis is an associate dean of pharmacy at Wayne State University and joins us. Doctor, good to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. How big of a problem is this? It's a great question. Uh, I think, as you said, I haven't heard of walkouts locally here in Michigan, but I have heard from our community pharmacy colleagues that this is a very big problem. Uh, the walkouts were announced and communicated mostly via social media with that catchy title, Farmageddon. Uh, and this is after some walkouts in specific communities early in the year, and it's it's really making national attention. Uh, is Is it possible that something like this could happen in Michigan? It's absolutely possible. I, I think um, what we have to remember is these pharmacists, as you said, are not walking out because of their own pay. They're stressing that they need more pharmacists and technicians working behind the counter for the sake of patient safety. And pharmacists here in Michigan have those concerns. And that's something that, that you guys at Wayne State uh, take a lot of pride in. There is, I think, a, a number of programs uh, that you partake in to send, to send you know, student pharmacists uh, on the job to learn. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a standard part of pharmacy education that our students spend a lot of time in the practice setting, both in communities and in hospitals. So it's important to our educational program that there are stable and safe environments for our students to train. But more importantly, it's important that there are safe places where pharmacists can practice to serve the community. If you think about it, that pharmacist is legally and ethically responsible for everything that happens in the pharmacy. That means filling and verifying prescriptions, identifying problems with those, communicating with physicians and insurance companies to fix the issues, answering patient questions, answering the phone that never stops ringing, mm -hmm. uh, and managing inventory. In some pharmacies, if they don't have a technician, they're doing all of that alone. And in, in pharmacies that are busy, they don't have enough technicians. So those are the big issues that these pharmacists are talking about. Have the you other thing – oh, go no, ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, the other thing is it's vaccine season. Vaccines are given year-round, but right now we're, we're in a, a peak season for influenza as well as COVID boosters and, and new RSV vaccines. And it's great that pharmacies have become vaccination hubs, but a lot of that shift in the work to pharmacies has happened without an increase in staffing support. So right now this is even harder for pharmacists than usual. You know, we've seen... Uh, a huge dip in numbers uh, in the workforce in uh, education, teachers, uh, certainly in nursing. It, it continues to be a problem. Are you still seeing robust numbers uh, in, in pharmacy or are you seeing a dip there as well? I mean, how difficult is it and how real 
are these problems that these pharmacists are facing? Yeah, we've been seeing a dip not only in the workforce, but in applications to pharmacy programs across the country. And that's Mm. been happening for years. We have pharmacists who are leaving the practice and going to other industries, going to more entrepreneurial things, because the workload in the workforce has changed quite a bit in the past few years. So we are seeing that. And with the decrease in number of students coming to pharmacy programs, there will be a pharmacy shortage uh, in in the near future unless something drastic changes. Well, and that can really cause a lot of trouble for a lot of different folks, especially if you need medication in a timely manner. And, you know, I I imagine that if you don't have enough pharmacists, you start to consolidate. It becomes harder uh, in a lot of cases to get a lot of medication. That is exactly true. We are seeing that pharmacists, having been the most accessible healthcare professional in the country for years, we're at risk for that no longer being the case. Uh, pharmacies are closing, they're decreasing hours, and that lack of access to that healthcare professional is going to have deep consequences for a lot of patients and communities where the pharmacist is their primary care source. Mm. Well, it continues to be an issue and one that I know that you'll stay on top of uh, for us. And maybe we'll talk again very soon. Dr. Susan Davis, thank you so much. Yeah, have a great day. Yeah, you you. do the same. Uh, 800-859-0957. It may not be a problem now, but it it very well could be. And again, this isn't scare tactics. I think it's I think it's something that we need to continue to watch, because if you need medication, whatever it is, uh, whether it's something immediate, whether it's something long term, uh, and and your pharmacist is is out of commission because they're walking out. It's a problem. Uh, so we'll, we'll continue to watch this for you. 800-859-0957. I, I mentioned this story in the Washington Post that a lot of these stories that you hear, drug-laced candy, razor blades, uh, needles inside candy, are, are a little sensationalized and maybe even to some extent urban urban legend or urban myths. And, Danielle, you, you said that you have a story <laughs> that this this brought to mind? What what happened? My mother told me this, actually, Okay, like three weeks ago. Oh. She had actually heard it somewhere else, and she started freaking out because it is not an urban myth because my grandma and my grandpa found a needle in her candy. Now, my mom has five brothers and a sister, so what my grandma did was called the police and said, hey, we found a needle in the candy. They had to gather up six kids worth of candy and they took it all down to the police station they had to put it through the <gasps> the scanner oh my gosh are you serious i swear i swear to god so here's the the other thing i i, I do wonder because you know this story in the washington post talks about you know it, it, basically things that were reported on i do wonder how much of this actually gets reported how much it actually gets reported. If you find something in candy and maybe it's it's really nefarious, like a needle, you're going to you're going to report that. But if it's something I don't know what would be not nefarious in candy candy that somebody put there, but maybe you don't report it. I don't know. There are a lot of stories like this 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 story talked a lot about a teenager who was hospitalized after Halloween eating a cupcake. And they said that there were it was laced with drugs and he overdosed. But he later overdosed, uh, later admitted to overdosing on prescription medication that was not in the cupcake. There were also stories about uh, another kid uh, being laced with heroin. But later found out that the parents 
ditched their heroin inside their kid's Halloween basket uh, in an effort to avoid police. So <laughs> nobody gave him the heroin. The parents put, which is just horrific in and of itself. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's the best story I've ever heard. Where's our heroin? Quick, shove it in the Halloween candy. Put it in. <laughs> put it put Timmy's in Timmy's Halloween bag. bag. <laughs> It'll never. They'll, they'll never, never think it was there. us. Why is Timmy acting so yeah, funny? I, I don't know. He's just eating Halloween oh candy. Oh my god. <laughs> Some people, I swear to God, it's just it's horrific. Uh, Bob's in Allentown. What's up, Bob? Hey, Chris. Hey, what's I up? I just wanted to tell you, it is not a myth. I used to work in the ER at a hospital uh, back in the 70s, late 70s, uh, in uh, Madison Heights, Michigan. And we did candy checks every Halloween uh, for several years. And we did, in fact, find things like sewing needles and razor blades in some of the candies. wasn't very oh. often, but, and it wasn't every year, but I would say probably out of the maybe, I'm not sure how long we we did it, but there were more, it was more than one one-year occasion sure. that we would find stuff. Uh, I mean, that's horrific. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt it happens. I mean, there there is there is no doubt that it happens. I just wonder how widespread it is. I can't imagine... It's as widespread as most people think. I think it's one of those things where you almost you almost inflate it in your mind. Like it's it, it has to be a, a, a widespread problem. Somebody out there is just putting needles in their Snickers bar when they hand them out. I just it, it has to happen. I can't imagine it happens widespread. Bob, I appreciate the call real quick. Carl and Brighton. Hey, Carl. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's up? Well, I was calling about this pharmacy crisis. Yeah. My wife works for CVS, and they don't give them any breaks. They'd rather pay the penalty for not giving them breaks. They never have enough technicians. They're giving out shots. Flu season just kills them because they don't have the help. Mm. It's crazy. And she works in the pharmacy? She works at a pharmacy. It, uh, she used to work for Target. And Target sold mm-hmm. all their pharmacies to CVS. And Target was a great place to work, but CVS has just turned it into a slave camp. Well, what what does she say about these walkouts? Well, she's not in the walkouts. Uh, I just told her about it because I heard it on the news. She didn't even know okay. about it at work. Okay. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be more of a problem. And if it's, you know, if it's as strenuous as, as you say it is, I, I can't imagine it's going to stop in just a few states at a few different locations. Carl, appreciate the call. Got to take a break. 